0: Well, thanks again for listening to the Park Hills podcast. If you want any more information on our series on Hosea, other sermon series, podcasts, etc., etc., et cetera, parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app. Pastor Rich. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I am fine. Wonderful. So we're going to talk about a super fun topic today. God's judgment? Yay. I think it's one of the things that we wrestle with throughout Hosea. I know that in Sermon Team, we wrestled at a bunch. I know it's one of the topics that you and I have riffed on a few times, just sort of uh, asking the question, do we understand what this is? Do we understand what this is? I don't think we know the answer ever, so at least conclusively in some of the things that we might talk about today. So I'm going to throw this to you. How are we to wrestle with God's judgment overall, and how would how
1: do you sort some of that out? Yeah, and this is a huge topic, because as you said, we, we covered it in Hosea, uh, but we also covered it in Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and then when we went through the Bible in a year, we had all of the Old Testaments, and it just seems like you get into this... Uh, This mode of judgment and judgment and judgment and judgment. um, Which tells me it's an incredibly important topic for for God, right? He's concerned about his nation. He's concerned about his people. He has a tremendous amount of patience. Yes. But then at some point, he says, I've had enough. Right. And then all of a sudden you find judgment coming in various forms. Right.
0: One of my professors talked about it as the the balance of judgment there's a certain amount of sin that the lord will allow nationally and then at some point it just tips and it's over and i remember we mused about that idea with you know america in the future what what will be the tipping point for our sin what has been the tipping point for other nations and you know occasionally we look at Big national upheavals and things worldwide, and we go, oh, and you know, and we have prophecy experts who tell us this is what this means. This is what this means. That's not always what is happening, but you know, we we wrestle with it. I think one of the things that I, I really want to hear from you too is the the I don't want to use the word as strong as disdain, but we, you and I both chuckle and occasionally shake our heads at people who are like, "Well, God's just judging me right now." Right, right. What <laughs> might be wrong with that thinking?
1: Well. And first off, if you think about it, (coughs) we need a cough button. (laughs) We need a cough button. (laughs) James! Um, When you think about it, national judgment is a result of a whole lot of individual decisions. Um, I don't think we have any precedent for a single human being um, doing something horrible and then the nation is judged, except maybe a king. So we sure. know David. David, right. when he uh, went off the rails, so to speak, all of a sudden the plague was brought down. But I'm guessing if we dug underneath that, we might find that there are other national things happening. But but a lot of times it has to do with our individual decisions because as mm-hmm. we were talking before, you know, if you've got someone who is literally breaking all kinds of um, just social mores and laws, and like they're speeding, and they're maybe excessive drinking, and they're um, not saying staying faithful to their spouse, and then things fall apart. And they're at the bottom, they're like going, why is God judging me? And and a rational person could step back and go, well, let's see, um, your money has disappeared because of drinking or fines or arrests and things. Those are just natural causes for what I will say are stupid decisions, or we might be more theological and call them sinful decisions, right? Sure. So a lot of times when I think people are saying God is judging me, I'm thinking we could dig into that and probably find out you're just making individual decisions that are against God's will. And these are just the natural causes of that. Um, National judgment seems to be a much, much deeper, I would say um, collective sin of the people. It's a rejection of God. It's a, it's a turning away from him. You know, the, the prophets are being ignored Uh, The people are all really just heading in one direction away from God, and no longer is the individual um, almost reconciliation with God's word enough to turn things around. God has to do something to shake up the nation and get everyone's attention at once.
0: Yeah, and as you read in Hosea with us, there are so many spots where this is true, right? I mean, think about how many times God says things like, I don't want your sacrifices, I just want your heart, but... Because you're not doing any of those things, I'm going to come and I'm going to deal with this, right? I I think of, uh, you know, Hosea 6, 5, therefore I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. This idea that his judgment was actually before any judgment actually happened, right? He is seeing what they're doing wrong, telling the prophets to come speak to them. If Israel listens to them, like we see that with the Assyrians in the book of Jonah, if they listen and repent, you kind of wonder what what would change. And, I, and please understand, for anybody right now who's listening to this thinking, I thought God is sovereign, he knows. He does. I, he would have known if people would have repented. He also knows what it takes to bring people back to him. He knows what it takes to lead them back to that spot. And I find it interesting that he's saying, I have sent you prophets in judgment. You're, the words have already told you what's true and what's not true. You're not listening to me. So... Therefore, you, you get to things like chapter 13, where he says, I will, you know, they will be dashed against the rocks. Uh, <laughs> like, okay. Uh, you know, I, I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their breast, and there I will devour them like a lion as a wild beast would rip them open.
1: I would say he's upset. That sounds delightful. <laughs> he sounds a bit upset, right? <laughs> but, but it's also, as we talked about, Hosea is, is about relationships. Sure. Um, and his, his deep-seated anger in this regard, this righteous anger that he has, is because that they are turning away from the relationship that he's been upholding. You know, they're, they're just ignoring. They're turning sure. away. They're actively turning away. So, yeah, it's kind of like if you're a small guy and you're picking on a bully, the bully may not react right away. right? But at some point, he's going to have enough, and he's going to take the measures to stop what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Not saying God's a bully here because God is the righteous one, but right, the people have gotten so far down the line that he has to take these actions, and he's using just increasingly more difficult words. Um, I think back all the way when the people were coming out of in, in Exodus, you know, they started grumbling pretty much on day two, maybe three, mm-hmm. maybe one, right, mm-hmm. concerned, and God had all this patience for them, and it wasn't until that they built the, the calf while Moses was up on the mountain, that there was a judgment for their disobedience. Sure. He kept saying, remember, remember. And so you could actually see his his patience for a long time. And then they crossed a line and there was punishment. So you fast forward now to the time of Hosea and, you know, they have had so many warnings. So many warnings.
0: So many. And, and I think one of the things that people struggle with with judgment is the fact that the innocent gets swept up with the guilty as well. And that seems unfair, doesn't it?
1: It does. It absolutely does. I I had a a friend of mine who's a farmer who um, asked, we were in a small group uh, quite a while ago, and he said, yeah, I'm just not sure that when God brings a drought to the land, is it for my sins or is it for my neighbors? Because all I know is my crops are dying. Sure. Um, And and there is an unfortunateness um, to that. There is a possibility that people who are not— I'll say full-on in rebellion against God mm-hmm. are going to get swept up there. But God's still sovereign. And if they are still in God's will, these these, these righteous folks, so to speak, they will be taken care of overall. It sure. doesn't mean that there's not going to be some hardship, but um, there's a different level of final judgment that they're going to have to deal with versus those that are actively in open rebellion against God.
0: And even in that scenario with the the crops, it's funny because people sometimes take these things so personally, right? God is judging me. I could make a case there that God is just withholding the rain for a while. There may be actual no judgment involved at all. It might be a test, right? It might be a, will you trust me in this? Right. Uh, But we are so quick to immediately assume God is judging me. God is doing this, and we read books like Hosea, and we're like, I know exactly how that feels. You have no No idea, right? (laughs) No idea how it feels. And I think when I look at Hosea, I'm thinking. You know, we're, we're right around 700 B.C., somewhere in there, right? And before that, is the, the, the two kingdoms of Israel broke apart somewhere around 1050 B.C. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, or 9, 950 B.C. So we're talking like 240 years of sin, right? I mean, right. Jeroboam brings in multiple idols, does all these terrible worship things. There are high places all throughout the northern kingdom. So these 10 tribes in the north are just messed up for hundreds of years. And then God says, all right, you're not listening to me. Here I go.
1: Right. Yeah. If you if you t- pay close attention, you will see that God is much more patient than he is judgmental. Right. But he does have a line. And, and, totally. And the, the crazy part is, because if if I was God, I would just wipe them out. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I've had it. I am done with you. We are We are over with this. I'm going to go find somebody else. Good thing I'm not. Because he, in the midst of his judgment, is all about, I'm doing this so that I can call you back in relationship. He, it's almost like he's like, I'm going to shock you to a level that you, you, you may have overlooked that I even have that capacity to do sure. in order to bring you back. Because I'm, I'm even thinking in, you know, in Hosea um, 11, 6, he says, The swords shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. Right. My people are bent on turning away from me. And though they call out to the Most High, he shall not rise them up at all. He's referring to the gods that they are repla- have replaced him with. And so, in some regards, this is the land he gave them. Yes. That he's now going to destroy, which seems crazy. Yes. But that's the depth he'll go to, so that they would come back.
0: Right. Well, and you think about that, that really leads us into the, the bigger context within Scripture of God's judgment. We have always heard, at least I've always heard, I'm sure you have too, so I'm making an assumption that I shouldn't make. But we've grown up listening to people say things like, well, God's just judging me, God's doing this, or this is why God is mean, God is an angry, vengeful, mean, you know, judgmental God, or Christians are hypocrites, all they're talking about is this, this God of love, but he doesn't love everybody because some people are starving. And you go through this, and I, I'm like this myriad of things that they're dealing with. When you dig into the actual story of scripture and see what's happening, judgment is happening all throughout, but it isn't always what you expect, mm-hmm. right? I mean, in Genesis 2, God says, if you eat from this tree, you will die. And then in Genesis 3, they eat from the tree and they don't die.
1: Right.
0: He he actually brings animal skin forward to cover them up with better clothing. If we're reading that story right, or at least, at least what I think is
1: right, he just sacrificed two animals to cover their sin. Right. Or something that the animals didn't do, so to speak, right? Which,
0: which sets something yeah. up for the rest of the story is like, there's always a way out. There's mm-hmm. always some way, type of sacrifice. There's always some type of repentance. There's always this thing that God is saying, I will I will redeem you. I will do this for you. My judgment is true, but there's always a, a way to, to repent. There's always a way to, to come back to him. And what I find in Romans 1 and elsewhere in scripture is this idea that God just lets us have what we want even as it goes too far, right? He lets them worship idols to the point where now he's got to deal with them on an extreme level. He also sent prophets to them, trying to wake them up. And then I read judgment sometimes along this same line is, think about all the people who are faithful in Israel who are asking that God would
1: clean the nation up. How else is he going to do that if it's not through judgment right. like yeah, Something has to happen. And even, again, you know, back in Hosea, he says, when he's talking about uh, the judgment, he says, my heart recoils within me, my compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I mean, he's already, in the midst of saying he's going to destroy, he's already pulling back from right. what he, he could and has the right to do because he actually loves the people. Right. He wants them to return. But, yeah, when you take it to a a personal level, it doesn't feel good in the middle of judgment. So, yeah, we've got to find someone to blame. Right. Um, And I think that's where people get crossed up. They'll take a look at the national judgment, personalize that to themselves. And I would go, first off, you're not living in whatever time period we're talking about, so you don't even understand the context um, that they're going through. But you can't personalize the judgment against Israel that's recorded in Hosea as your own issue. You know, right. You've got your own things going on, um, but that's, that's where you have to personally dig in and go, what, what am I doing? What's happening? Is, are the, the negative consequences around me a result of my act- mm-hmm. actions and take responsibility for those? Sure. It's entirely possible, though, and it, those, that's the easier case, that you're actually doing okay and something bad happens. Yeah. An illness, a car crash. And then
0: how do you deal with that, Right. If only there was someone in scripture who doesn't deserve judgment in any way, Hmm. but would take on judgment on behalf of someone else and then not complain about it, not whine about it.
1: That'd be amazing.
0: Just take it on and deal with it and then redeem everyone because of it. If only. Wouldn't that be so great if, if... jesus
1: right (laughs) right i'm thinking if it would be anybody i'm thinking his name would be jesus like jesus
0: right right yeah and i think when i look at even the moments in my life where i thought god are you judging me here the more i've matured in my relationship with christ i'm less blamey toward god and more if that's even a word and more looking at myself going how does jesus respond in these moments and how can i respond like him right if there is a great need you know let's say tomorrow a massive fireball falls out of the sky and begins to burn Freeport from the edges all the way You're you're just a massive wildfire starts it would be hard to believe that there's not something colossal you know cosmic going on here that God is judging us for some reason ironically people in cities that are worse than Freeport would be looking at us going whoa what did they do to deserve it?" it it might have something to do with us it might have nothing to do with us but regardless, as we deal with that, our response shouldn't be, God, why would you do this? It should be, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to fix this problem? How do you, how do you want me to meet people in their need and help them out?
1: Right, because when I, when I have taken a look, and you've done the same thing. We've had a lot of time to counsel with people and, and just talk with people and think about things like right. this. Um, pretty much all of the difficult things that either I've experienced or I've walked with other people is a result of sin in some regard. And it may not be that individual's sin. You know, I mean, they may be relatively incident or innocent in that particular incident, but it's someone else's sin. And, and right. so when you kind of pull it back and go, what are the, what's the root cause here? You go, it's sin. Yeah. It's sin is all over the place. I mean, that was the root cause of the judgment on these nations too, right? right? It's the problem of sin. And like you said, if we only had someone who could take care of that problem. Only.
0: And if only he were going to return one day. And take all of that sin away and fix the problem once and for all.
1: That would be amazing.
0: Man, what a cool story that would be (laughs) if if it was there. So all this to say, you know, this is a fun little meandering conversation. These are the kind of things that we do on occasion as we prepare for sermons or or do other things. We're just kind of going, asking some of these questions. But I, I want to make sure you hear this from us loud and clear. If you are struggling right now, if you feel that you're being judged in a severe way, if you are suffering through something major, maybe you had a diagnosis, maybe your sin has caught up to you, and you are dealing with the repercussions of court and or family implosion, and you're going, what do I do? God is still with you. He's, he will walk through this with you. It's time to reach out to him. It's time to let him lead you and guide you. We're not minimizing your pain. We're not saying that it's not really God's judgment. We're more just saying, be careful with what you believe is and isn't God's judgment. With that said, our God is a merciful God. And sometimes I've even seen, I know you have too, he uses even those moments to guide us to a better spot. Mm-hmm. How many times have people reached the bottom? They just go, I can't pay these bills or "I, this court fee situation is way out of hand or I'm going to jail and I can't fix my problem. Got to need help. And he doesn't take them out of that situation. They go to jail or they do whatever, but he uses that even to fix them and to bring them back to where they, they, they're they supposed to be. So sometimes when we freak out about judgment, we should maybe just back away a little bit and go, God, what are you teaching me? What do you want to do with me? Amen. <laughs> Any other final thoughts, Pastor Richard?
1: Um, I guess, you know, we've kind of joked about if only there was someone who could take this away. But honestly... It's all about Jesus. That's where you gotta land. It's already been done.